random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents The Marvelists Ms. Marvel, episode number two. And that episode title is, John, what is this episode called of Ms. Marvel? Episode two? (laughs) Oh no, we have not planned this very well. Eddie, please don't yell at me while you're away at Latveria, because yes, again, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie is on assignment in Latveria for some reason. I guess he he's officially got dual citizenship there, although he just gets tortured. So I don't know why someone would get dual citizenship for some place that he's getting tortured in. But I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the other end of the technically tin cannon string but we're doing dual recording so it sounds like he's here with me right now my better half as well on geek sheet radio which you can listen to on spotify among many other audio platforms geek sheet radio and the dirt sheet radios none other than john escudero john good evening good evening it's so weird being on the other side i feel like i'm on the other side of the glass this is amazing. And I mean, th- you're, you've lucked out. We've streamlined our introductions and everything, so this is not as long as it normally takes. So, <laughs> hooray. You, We get to hear you in a minute of the show. Indeed. A shocker, I know. But this week we're talking about Ms. Marvel episode number two. But before we get into talking about that, a little bit of news that dropped today on this recording date of June 6th. Two, June 16th, there we go, 2022. You were telling me about this earlier today. Wonder Man is getting a Disney Plus series, and I did not see that coming at all. I thought after the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo, that would be it. Now, do you think this is going to be the Nathan Fillion version of the character? Or if it's because it's starting a new franchise, some people have said, oh, it may not happen because he's too old. Yeah, I feel like poor Nathan, like... Every character that he was perfect for, he's aged out of. It's it's messed up. It, it's I've repeatedly said this on the show, and I, I said in one of the posts uh, recently, who should play him? And I go, any but Nathan fan-casting Fillion. And it's, it's like I've said before, who should play this character, Nathan Fillion or Idris Elba? They just imagine a movie where they're fan-casted into everything, even the ladies, even the animals. Nathan filling kitty cat, Idris Elba doggies. I'm down. I want this movie. <laughs> I want this movie. I just, I just think it's funny because Wonder Man, again, there's going to be a lot of people that are going on saying, Wonder Man, that's just a ripoff of Wonder Woman. Oh, well, first off, God. read a comic book. Honestly, I was very surprised looking in the comments of, of these uh, articles that I didn't see too much of that because that's the first thing I expected. People who don't know better are just going to be like, oh, it's just Wonder Woman, but Marvel's doing it. And the fact that this character is even happening in the first place, first off, do you think we'll be going with the title of Wonder Man as the show? I don't see that I, happening. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think they'll give it a cute title. 
Wonder Man. Like, what, what is Wonder, uh, Wonder Man's uh, secret identity or whatever? Simon Williams, the movie star. Now, do you... Ooh. Do you think it could be, like, Hollywood star Simon Williams or Simon Williams, actor at nothing or something? I don't know. Honestly, I... As long as I was reading, when I was reading Marvel, I mean, I still am. But when I was reading it religiously, uh, I knew Simon Williams more than I knew Wonder Man. <laughs> I would, I, I kind of, I kind of suspect to keep it different from just the regular superhero fare that they're going to do something with the movie star aspect of him. So I would, I absolutely think it's going to be named after Simon Williams more than it's going to be named after Wonder Man. Have they also announced who's going to be involved with the show in terms of a, a creative standpoint? Yes. Uh, Shang-Chi filmmaker Destin Daniel Creighton, and he's teamed up with Andrew Guest, a writer and producer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community. So you know this could very well be a more comedic take just based upon that part of the uh, creative team. There have been some murmurs amongst the fan base that we were kind of hinting towards a West Coast Avengers in the future. Do you think West Coast Avengers could be what this is? Yeah, yeah, honestly. Honestly, I would not be surprised if that's what was happening here. Because just thinking about the comedic tone of the West Coast Avengers, the this, this creative team would probably knock that out the park. And I personally see Hawkeye going over into that. Because over the last few months with the lineup of the Avengers, I've seen like that one photo and it looked like that one meme of uh, the one lady sitting on the couch and all the guys behind her. And <laughs> it's literally the reverse. So it's the, uh, you know, Captain America, Sam Williams sitting on the couch and all of the uh, lady Avengers are behind him. Yes. It's like, yes, I did. Oh, where is this going? <laughs> yes, I have. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this could lead us with these, you know, future characters. Because again, if we have the possibility of West Coast Avengers, we have that. We have the Young Avengers, and then we have just the standard group of the Avengers. But wait, we're getting the Fantastic Four soon. We're getting the X Men in the whenever future. It's a cool time to be a fan of the Marvel Universe because, like, the entire MCU for the last three phases, with the exception of the guardians you know just like with one or two little things with them it's been all avengers 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 yeah and now we're throwing more out into the open and i'm excited i've seen a lot of people feel like post endgame there we're doing like side missions but i i feel like a lot of that is people that don't have too much experience with the superhero genre beyond the marvel cinematic universe like they're not seeing right the smaller pieces leading to the next large over arc. I mean, it's, uh, we've heard that Kevin wasn't going to do another 10 year story, but clearly they're planting seeds for multiple large stories in the future. Kevin doesn't want to plan for a 10 year story. He wants to start for a 20 year. (laughs) Yes. But with this, we, again, we have characters like the young Avengers and one of the young Avengers potentially could be, Ms. Kamala Khan, and let's get right into it. This episode, episode number two of Ms. Marvel on the award-winning Disney+. Plus. Again, a continuation of, first off, a quality story that we've been getting so far. Friend of the show, Matt Cascone, he made the comment to me, this episode was much better than last week's, and I thought last week's episode was an absolute banger, and I feel like 
this episode did not surpass last week's, but rather it continued the trend of quality for an episode. For sure. I, I've gotten with these Disney Plus shows since they all kind of run within a six to nine episode range and they all seem to tell one story rather than episodic stories. I kind of started to see these as chapters of a whole. So it's kind of hard. It, it starts getting harder for me to be like, you know, this episode was better than last week because I got to wait until the episode is done to give my until uh, the series is done or the season at least to give my full opinion. And it's funny because, like, I know so many people that will just drop on a show, like, by episode three. Friend of the show, the legendary Josh Rosengrant, he's all, like, he tried watching Moon Knight. And, you know, he goes, I tried watching it because you've always gone on about the character. But I'm like, I couldn't get into it. I'm like, dude, you have to stay on yes. this. And I'm in agreement with that whole, it's pieces of a whole for this story. Like, you do, you have to stay for the long haul. Otherwise you're just going to be, you know, confused or burnt out at a certain point of just like, I thought it was going to resolve itself so soon. Yeah. No, you got to wait and wait and wait. But with this episode, a lot is going on. You know, we see also a change in re in regards to the relationship with Kamala and her mother, I noticed. For sure. she uh, She's, at first at least, seems like she's going to be a little understanding, but she's still got that stick that firm sticking point of not wanting to talk about her past I noticed that and I like I loved seeing just her reactions of as everything's going on and she's just like oh no yeah. oh they're talking about it again I, uh, I'm not gonna lie this is giving me major mutant vibes uh, we, what makes you say that I'm that I'm interested in we had gotten a small like one line it might have seemed throwaway if, if you weren't paying too much attention, but they established that Kamala's powers don't come from the bangle. The bangle unlocked something in Kamala. Now you add that with the fact that this is now seeming to be like a genetic thing. There's a great-grandmother had the thing. And for all we know, her mother might have also seen it or had something to do with it. But it's cert there's certainly some... I'm getting some mutant vibes here from Kamala. And that would be so ironic because she was like the one new inhuman from that old inhuman push that actually made a, a splash and if 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 it's actually a mutant they'd be taking that from her and i have no problems with that they've clearly given up on doing anything inhuman of substance in the mcu so turning her into a mutant would at least give her a better future in this world the only thing inhuman of substance is literally sitting on the floor known as the back of back, uh, Black Bolt's uh, skull. <laughs> again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is still one of the darkest things I've seen in an MCU movie. So congratulations, Kevin Feige. You gave me like a PTSD kind of. But <laughs> I digress. Uh, in regards to her, though, Kamala, with that, as we've discussed on the show in the past, I like the fact that these characters, these newer characters... You know, the non-legacy ones, like a Miles Morales and Kamala Khan, they're mixing up the intros a little bit, the, the uh, biographies and the backstories of these characters. And, you know, again, as I always say repeatedly, Miles Morales is different in every single iteration I've seen him in, and I love that. Sometimes his father's dead, sometimes his father's alive, sometimes his uncle is dead, sometimes his uncle is not. Sometimes his mother's dead. Yeah, and you just mix it up, and you do this kind of stuff, and it's it's smart writing for these characters. It's smart changing it up because everyone is tired of the bug biting dead uncle of the regular Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, we know it by heart. You look at the distinguished competition and you see 
Thomas and Martha. Why did I say that name? But, you know, you see those <laughs> characters. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. But you see those characters and just that, that origin story done over and over and over. It's instilled in pop culture, but at the same time, it's like, can we do something a little bit different? Yeah, it's it's it's. I absolutely understand. I think at a certain point they just started skipping over the origin. Like if you see the latest Batman and the latest Spider Man, they're just like, you know it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's just get going. And it's funny because a lot of this series, Ms. Marvel, definitely cribs some of the source material. Yeah. Because one moment again, now as someone who's read the, uh, I think it's No Normal, the original first uh, six issues, I'm reading that and there's a moment when she goes to the party with her friends and the guy hands her a cup of uh, orange juice. She takes a sip and it has vodka in it. And the thing about it that I absolutely love is that's lifted directly from the comic. So if you read the comic, a lot of these little things beat for beat retain from the source material. And I don't think that we've truly seen lines lifted directly from the source material. No, but like I do like that we do the little nods, uh, other subtle nods and everything, because it gives it, it, it tells us that even if they're changing up things about her origin or about her story, it's they're still aware. They're still in touch with the source material. They're not completely removed because they want to tell their own story. I fantastic fan fantastic uh, fan fan for stick will always be something where I'm just like, this is cool body horror Cronenberg style and then it sucked <laughs> like that's a way to like you know hey Peter we see you like this uh, director we're gonna ape their style just a little bit oh and then we're just gonna make it shit it's cool <laughs> how did you know I didn't want that <laughs> oh well we you know we see you like stuff and we didn't want you know you to keep liking it how'd you know exactly how to hurt me <laughs> Pretty much. And again, with this series, I will say I'm enjoying the fact that there are little bits and pieces of things that are different than the source material, as well as, again, maintaining a lot of the other things. We also get the uh, scene with them praying and, you know, with her family and her friend. And again, that's directly from the source material. That scene is from the source material. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. But I love the fact that we're keeping that element of awkwardness of Kamala. You know, there are moments she's very cool and self... She has the confidence, the high self-esteem, and then there are moments where she's a complete dork. 
And as I said in last week's episode, talking about episode number one, what I really appreciated is that level of cringiness yep. that Kamala has. Because there's moments like, I'm wincing, audibly wincing at some of the things she's doing. I'm like, oh, honey, don't do that. You <laughs> you look like a jackass right now. Could, could you not do that? Because, like, we have those moments in our lives, those cringe moments. Yep. We'll do something, and then we'll play them back in our heads with just, like, the revulsion of, like, oh, oh, God, I did that. Oh, 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 God. And you know down the line she's going to have those moments of, oh, God, I did that. I danced in the high school, and I, like, I'm getting eastbound and down vibes from her when she's walking through doing the little twirl thing and then does the <laughs> finger guns. I immediately thought of uh what's his name? Uh from Eastbound and Down, Kenny Kenny F and Powers when he's walking through his you know through the uh high school and he does the finger guns all while your touch by uh the Black Keys plays and then you just pull back and it turns out that music isn't playing. None of the kids are actually like, wow, Kenny Powers. I was going to say, I love, I before we move on from this, because I agree with you, I love how authentically teenage this feels. And I know that that can be a problem for some people. But I come from, I, I, I'm coming from it from another place where it bothers me when teenagers in a show are written with the experience and life, uh, w- with the life experience of an adult. Like they know life the way I know life. You're supposed to be 15. I am 30. Yeah. <laughs> we should not. We There should be a level of cringe because we're looking at that from from an adult's point of view. Like, man, I know better. But she shouldn't know better than to dance down the hallway and do her best Bully Maguire impression. She shouldn't know better. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's great. 100%. <laughs> and, like, what gets me about what she's doing as well is when you see her, you know, when she... The the guy's name, uh, Carman, Carman, right? Yeah. Or Karma. Uh, what, what is it, Carman? It's Cam Cameron. Cameron, and I'll probably botch that name five more times throughout the episode. <laughs> but with her and him, the scene where she's like, "Oh my God, he gave me his number," and she's going doing her little thing, all while "Be My Baby" plays in the background, <laughs> and you know Eddie was able to get some excellent uh, Wi-Fi service and you know just internet in general to be able to watch this episode on his own over in Latveria in between getting flogged. And he was telling me that, you know, that scene is literally a homage to Dirty Dancing. So to see that, that's a cool thing to see all these little references and nuanced, you know, techniques. Because you know that the person who worked on this scene, they're like, I love Dirty Dancing. That's a great movie. Let's throw that in there. That's awesome. And that's perfect. It to went do. right over my head. I did not see it. I haven't seen Dirty Dancing in a long, long yeah, time, same. so I completely forgot. Same. But with that, it's again the awkwardness of being a teenager yep. is perfect on this show. And like a lot of these shows as well, like you had said, they'll do this and they'll like gloss over and like give. They'll put a 30-year-old, because the 30-year-old isn't just playing the teenager. The 30-year-old's mentality and everything else is in that child. Yep. So, seeing that, it's smart writing, and because she's, again, she's a dork. She is. She is a massive <laughs> dork. And um, uh, her name's Amani, correct? Yeah, actress? yeah, her friend is Amani. Amani is knocking out of the park. 
week after like all two weeks that we've been on for this but like the last two weeks great job she has been killing it to the point where i'm almost like why haven't we seen more of her and we will because she actually just got uh casted in something with the disney wish uh the disney wish is gonna be having this uh on their disney cruise you can partake in this uh avengers mission kind of thing and it's going to be featuring ant-man the wasp i guess you know they they uh are preventing the uh, vaccination stuff so we can have the wasp on board hooray awesome (laughs) but but what i'm enjoying is like we're seeing her in there as well so ms marvel will be partaking and i don't know if it's canon or not because apparently uh guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind is not canon so what have you but the idea that you know maybe this will be canon and this is like her first interaction with ant-man Maybe the reason she's on that, you know, whole thing with Ant-Man and the Wasp is because she's guesting on Ant-Man's podcast. I loved the reference to Paul Rudd's young looks. Oh, that was such a great line. And honestly, that line went under the radar for quite a few of us. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's such a great line. And we're younger than we look. We look we look younger than we are. And it's like, yeah, happy 35th birthday, Paul Rudd. (laughs) Um, But. I also love another line that went under the radar when she's talking to Kamran about Bollywood movies. Yes. And they're talking about these actors that they're a fan of. And you hear Kingo Sr., Kingo Jr. And she's like, I can't believe she likes so-and-so. But, you know, I like so-and-so. I'm like, if you've seen Eternals, yeah. The joke is, it's the same guy, and he never ages. And I thought that was such a brilliant line, and it really is. I loved Kingo uh, and Eternals so much, so I was very happy to see that. Do you, how much more do you think we're going to see reference for Eternals in the future? I think that we're going to have to see a lot more reference because they raised a giant new piece of Earth. Like, there's a new landmark in the entire planet. We should probably at least fly by it. It's so wild. And I do, it's funny, you know, my bitching, moaning, and kvetching about the movie, I will still give it another chance because, again, it's better than Morbius was. That's for damn sure. (laughs) But it's, I, I think... They're going to do something that they're going to retroactively, you know, fix the continuity of everything. They'll retcon it where it's like Thor the Dark World. You can enjoy this movie now because X, Y, and Z happened, and it makes it a little bit better. Yes, it can be wonky, whatever, but you'll enjoy it because we did this, this, and this. That's honestly why I – that's probably the thing I enjoyed the most about Eternals, just getting some exposition about the – past of the marvel cinematic universe like the way things are created the hierarchy of the celestials or whatever i've been looking forward to stuff like that and i'm also a big fan of earth x so i was happy to see the uh, earth is an egg deal i feel like that's a big deal like there's no way we can do other movies without referencing the fact that we found out the earth was an egg i don't know now what else has gone on in this episode they there was a lot of uh Kamala is setting up this boy to be a love interest and it was kind of feeling like oh no he's going to be a villain. But no, we 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 will will I guess talk about that in a second because the biggest thing was probably the getting a little more about her history, her family's history. Uh Aisha, her great grandmother who had the who first discovered her powers during the partition in India and was never seen again and has a mysterious 
bad reputation that nobody can pinpoint the source of. Do you think we'll be getting flashbacks with that character? Yeah, because they kind of did. They're kind of hinting at like a, a Avatar: The Last Airbender communicate with the past kind of situation. I hope Mick Foley shows up as the Boulder. <laughs> that would be beautiful. <laughs> I um, I was I I have to I just saw the episode. Full disclosure, I watched it right before we recorded so that I can have the freshest possible memory. But I did not recognize the mystery woman at the end of the episode. And I didn't know if it was uh, Grandma or if it was someone that looks like Grandma. That I'm not sure, but one character in this episode, the return of the person from Damage Control as he's interrogating Zoe. Ah. And I love his little technique that he does. He did it with Ned, where it was win them over, get, you know, on their good side, and then just be a complete vicious dick again. They've got that lady from Orange is the New Black whose name is uh, just completely, I don't think I ever had it. But uh, she says the line about how, uh, you know, was she a Latina? Or excuse me, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to say Latinx now. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that Okay, there's a big... I'm surprised they went there because that's a big controversy in the Hispanic community. Like many, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that they actually did that line. I didn't even catch that, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. I have no problem with it. I thought it was it was uh, interesting. And she's supposed to be an antagonist anyway. So if you didn't like it, you know, too bad. She's a bad guy. And the the writing of this show with certain characters has been getting me. One of the characters in this show, Bruno. Bruno is giving me ducky vibes from uh, Pretty in Pink. Yeah. As as a big John Hughes fan, it's really cool to see that we're getting Bruno in the sense of the, uh, how do you say, he's the uh, love interest of this character and, or the, you know, he's crushing on Kamala and she's not seeing him whatsoever as that. And I hope, like you can do a reverse sick, or reverse pretty in pink where she falls in love with yeah. him because <laughs> I always girl. love uh, Molly Ringwald doing interviews where she's going I would never be with Ducky why would I be with Ducky and it's like oh you missed the plot of your own movie <laughs> good job good job Molly <laughs> we're not asking you to bang him we're not asking you to bang John Cryer ma'am we're asking you would your character be with Ducky <laughs> I could. Why did people want to see me with him? I, that would never have made sense. I had to go with the hot guy. <laughs> did didn't you see what he did? He was Lex Luthor's nephew. That's right. That's right. He was also a great and Lex Luthor in a in a pretty bad and show. <laughs> and now he's gonna be. Now he's what? Gonna have like two and a half men? I what? I don't even get it. <laughs> did they cut the person in half? <laughs> oh, it, that's a child because they're not fully a man yet. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. But Ducky? I'm a woman. He's a duck. This isn't Howard the Duck. I'm not Leah Thompson. Oh, this no. joke has gone on way too long. Anyway. Ms. Marvel. No, anyway. So <laughs> what I'm enjoying about this whole relationship thing with her character with Bruno I love how much of a simp he is. He is 110 a Kamala simp. Yep. And do you see this show going in the way where they get together at the end? I think that that's the way I would like it to go. But I've noticed a shift in Hollywood 
and maybe culture <laughs> where people like people people have an issue with every single male female relationship ending in a uh, ending in love you know they want to see males and females be friends that's why in Shang-Chi they didn't take it all the way uh, apparently so they say you know it feels like even though you didn't take it all the way like it's still there like I know you you didn't make them kiss but it still feels like Shang-Chi and uh, Aquafina oh Katie <laughs> <laughs> Katie, I was trying to remember her too. <laughs> Feels like they could be together anyway. So I feel like in this in this case, even if they don't put them together in a relationship, unless they specifically say it can't happen, there will still be a window open to do it down the line. Right. Now, also in regards to this episode, what else is there that we can really say? There's I feel like this is while we get a little bit more stuff brought to light in this episode you know now we're getting to see who the villain is first off what do you see the direction being with the villain like where are we going to go with this you know i'm still i'm still trying to really get a grasp on what who's the true antagonist here because it's like damage control is damage control but there's no way they're the a villain of the film they're just uh, goons trying to do a job you know they're just making things a little difficult so that the challenges are fun to watch but I've got a feeling that this, uh, what's his name, uh, Cam- Cameron, Cameron, damn it, I'm going to say Cameron like the rapper, but I know that that just doesn't sound <laughs> like that. <It's> just <laughs> Cameron seems to be like, he seems to be like a bad, I mean, he's giving me villain vibes. <laughs> I'm getting him. He's driving the uh, the black Lamborghini or whatever car it is. I'm sorry, I'm not a car person. Please don't make fun of me. <laughs> He just gave off hard villain vibes. I think that Kamala's family past is going to come to the... uh, It's going to come and meet up with her now. And I think that's where the bad guy is going to be. And I also like that the character is so relatively new, you can create villains for this character. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. 100%. There was an interesting thing they said about the reason why they changed their powers was like specifically for the future of the MCU. So I've been watching this show just kind of trying to... See, like, what are we doing here for the for the future, like, for their whole universe thing? I'm just, that thing about the powers being in her body already just kind of, it stuck out with me. Of all the things in this episode, I'm going to be thinking about that one the most. Because it's, it's only the second mini sort of hint at people existing with powers or being born with powers. Because we did get that one hint in WandaVision that Wanda was, uh, had powers before she ever got taken by Hydra or whatever. Now, what else would you say about this episode? I would say I enjoyed the heck out of it. You mentioned all the... the I like how they turned up... We we did turn up the teenage awkwardness, but it... it we've still got the uh, the whole religious church... Thing. Like, there's still a... Uh, I don't know how to explain this without sounding uh, insensitive. I was just happy to see that they did a a storyline with the best friend running to change things in her mosque. And it's not like overwhelming the entire show so that the douchebags who get online and complain about uh, a story that's trying to be progressive, they don't have anything to complain about. Like, it's a C-plot. It's happening. It's empowering. It's great. But it shouldn't bother you. Let's be real, though. Those basement dwellers will probably say something. How dare she speak up for herself? It's very interesting, though, that they're all of her friends in the show so far are strong in their own right in terms of creative writing with all this. And I appreciate that she has such a very colorful group of friends that we see with their personalities as opposed to, like, you know, other shows where they 
they're just there. Yeah, you know? a little but, flat. Like, you see the hopes and dreams, like Bruno going off with Caltech. <laughs> I um, I thought it was a little cheap that they kind of threw. Like it was like we're supposed to be a same sex couple, but we're just background actors. Because I know that that really pisses people off. It's like you're 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 acting like you're you're gonna do something, but they're just they're completely inconsequential to anything in this story. But like thanks anyway, type of thing. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? You know, it's like two characters in a show. Like, it shouldn't affect anything. Like, I just feel oh like no, I, I can understand when some people say, like, it's not enough. But, like, not not anything against this show. Like, I'm not like, there should be a lesbian couple on the cast. But when I see <laughs> when I see that, they, that they've that they done it yet again, like, oh, hey, two background characters are the same-sex couple. It's yeah. like, ah. The locker ones. Yeah. Yeah, like, the ones in front of the locker. And it's like. That's probably still th- not enough, but I. But thank you guys. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. And in regards to the, you know, again, the characters in the show, like, there's so many C plots and B plots on this show. Yeah. And again, I appreciate that so much because we have the relationship with the family. What's going on with the family, as well as you know, seeing Comron uh, being equated to now a cousin. So that'll be fun. It's I'm very much getting uh even though they're not really cousins, I was immediately getting George Michael and maybe vibes from Arrested Development. I'm just like, oh, no, are they going to go see a French film about kissing cousins? <laughs> no, don't do it. I, uh, I'm, I'm really enamored with the, the way we portrayed this whole family. Like you said, because they've given everyone else at least a little fleshing out because we feel familiar with every other cast member on the show, I kind of feel like I can relate to it. Even though it's another culture, I can put myself back into being at home with my parents not being able to do what I want to do, not understanding that they're doing it for my own good, having to hide my life. You know, I absolutely still, uh, I can still relate to that. I love, I love being taken back there, honestly. Were you, by the way, going back over to the, uh, the, with uh, Kamran and Kamala, as her, her brother walks in, were you waiting for him to bring up to his parents during the dinner in yep. the scene afterwards? Yep. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I'm like, so we saw your cousin. We saw your cousin, and it's like, what cousin? Who are you talking about? There's no so and so. I think when and then he- you just look at Kamala, womp womp. It's like, no, it didn't happen. I was like. That's so smart that they didn't go the predictable route. When they didn't bring it up at dinner, I kind of got the feeling that he figured it out at the store, and he just... he They already kind of established him as the cool brother who tries to get the things done for his sister when he can, so I can... I kind of get the vibe that he figured it out, and he just decided to keep it to himself for now. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see them doing a scene afterwards of, yeah, I knew he was uh, so-and-so. And, like, if it... You know, since he might be a bad guy in this show, or is a bad guy... I'm looking forward to the scene where he protects his sister and says, yeah, I always knew he was a dick or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's going to wrap this episode up for this week. John, once again, thank you for joining us on the program. Of course. Of course. Get me back whenever you want. And how can people get a hold of you on social media and how can people listen to you? on the worldwide interwebs. Well, for sure, you want to listen to Dirty Radio if you're a pro wrestling fan. The show comes out every single Tuesday. And if you're looking for uh, the weekly happenings in the world of pop culture, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, all the good stuff, go over and check out... And me- Billy Joel. Yeah, and Billy Joel. <laughs> go over and check out me and Peter on Geek Sheet every week, for sure. And uh, you can find me on social media at 
Mr. Yogi420 on Twitter and uh, at Geeky Sheet, G E K Y Sheet, and at Dirt Sheet Radio. So that's going to conclude this episode. See you all next week for Ms. Marvel episode number three. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. It's John Escudero. Excelsior.